You're listening to Virgin Control, Pound and Grain's digital news show. Before we get into all the super fun stuff you're expecting, a bit of a history lesson, if you will. Brutalist design, or brutalism, was made popular in architecture and industrial design circles through the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. If you look at government and institutional buildings constructed during these decades, you'll see a pattern of drab, concrete, and unfriendly structural design. Just think about a typical university building, or Boston City Hall, or Habitat 67 in Montreal. How about Robarts Library at the University of Toronto? This style was intentional. Government officials wanted structures to feel powerful, imposing, and fortress-like. But younger designers saw it as an opportunity to express themselves. Where the 30s and 40s represented a time of optimism, the 50s, 60s, and 70s made way for dishonesty and frustration. Architects used the opportunity to design cold, concrete-heavy structures that have since been coined brutalist. But how does this translate to a discussion about digital design? We're getting there. Web trends are like hit songs. Some have incredible lasting power, while others are destined to be one-hit wonders. But in the case of web design, we're living through an age of artistic evolution. It's an incredibly beautiful collision of aesthetic and technology, pixels, products, content, and storytelling. When it comes to web design, we're watching trends float to the top and evolve right before our eyes. Parallax, WebGL features, animated transitions, the seamless integration of design and user experience, they've all come to fruition through experimentation and refinement. No matter what your design preference is, the web is a beautiful place if you know where to look. Which brings us to today's topic, Brutalist Web Design. Brutalist websites have been making their way around the internet for years. These are the sites that, upon first glance, don't follow any standards or patterns. Typefaces are bold and heavy, there are unexpected splashes of color, and the design itself is raw and meant to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Before a few weeks ago, Brutalist websites had been somewhat underground. Occasionally, they'd show up on a design blog or in a magazine, but Brutalist web design wasn't exactly mainstream. Then, something changed. Something big. Something that could either vault Brutalist web design to the forefront or spark massive debate. Apple launched the new iMac Pro, and with it, a new site that includes what some are referring to as Brutalist design elements. And that, my friends, is today's topic, Brutalist web design. Beautiful pixels or uncomfortable mess? And we're back, and it's super exciting, although lonely in the version control studios today. But that loneliness has brought deep, deep back to episode one uh, OG cast members, just Jackson, myself, and my good friend, Nick Hewen. Hello, Jackson. I have to say I don't feel lonely. I feel like it's claustrophobic with all those other guys in here usually. And finally, we have room to stretch out. In our studio space. I 100% agree. It's t- it, We had too many people here. Scott and Mark take up too much space. I worry how the quality of the podcast will be affected. I'm not going to lie about that. But just in terms of you know selfishness and leg room. More leg room and more of our own voices. And I'm pretty sure we carried some over an hour versions of the podcast in the early days when it was just... 
you and me. True, but that was mostly just rambling. <laughs> talking <laughs> talking about movies. Debatable, but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I it was AI. We talked about AI. We talked about bots. Okay, we? so we both agreed Scott and Mark bring a lot to the table here. But <laughs> yes. But this is going to be an exceptional episode nonetheless, even without them. 100%. We miss them dearly. Uh, it is going to be only two voices. I think that's that's really it. Then we it'll probably be shorter. I, I imagine less in like fifty percent less insights because there's only two of us. Uh, so we've been talking. Uh, you've been talking in the intro about this uh, little uh, design trend of brutalism. Uh, I thought maybe I could ask you because you're a man about town, a kind of. Uh, in the know, you've got great taste. What, what's, what, do you even care that there's brutalist web design? I do. <laughs> Although, I admit that I hadn't uh, really noticed too much of this trend until recently. Yeah. Until we started discussing this topic. I do know that, uh, personally, I've always hated brutalist architecture. So to transition into any other medium is not exactly what I would like. It seems like something that should have stayed in the 70s and not left. It seems like something that should have stayed in, you know, the Soviet Union. 100%. I mean, that, that, that one up on um, up by the college, up by the university. Robarts? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of amazing. It's kind of cool because it looks like a turkey. Yeah. And <laughs> also, I always felt, you know, going to U of T, I felt that it was really reminiscent of a prison which a lot of uh, brutalist buildings are very prison-like, which yes. is not what you want, really, aesthetically, I don't think. No, nobody really wants to see that. I would think that the whole idea of like trying to do things that are brutal <laughs> just seems like the wrong approach to like creativity and, and making a nice experience for people, whether it's architecture or the web. See, the name is so fitting. And I always thought... Like I, I loved the name when I heard it. Yeah. When I first figured out what that was, just like <laughs> so perfect. But I always thought that you know any sort of justification for it is really just like back justification for taking the easy way out or the cheapest way out and just making bland, ugly yeah. buildings. Because you you hear some justification where it's like some sort of architectural statement. Do you think it could just it, the the whole concept needs like a rebrand? Like if it wasn't called brutalist, that people would all be like, "Yeah, I'm into that inverted turkey." No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the visuals. I mean, yeah. most people don't even know. I, I assume because they don't care. Yeah, most people don't know what it's called, but they know that it's a big, ugly, depressing building. It's interesting because, like, when I was looking for for examples of of like the architecture, not just the web design, there is like articles like on you know pop culture blog, like blog to and stuff like that here in Toronto, where it's 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 kind of like now things that people are looking for when they're traveling and stuff, which I think is why it doesn't translate over to the the web that well because you're not really like culturally exploring the web looking for like oh look at this website i mean aside from the space jam website um where that is something that just seems to go on and on like all other websites have been turned off but that one has kept going we'll see i think that that's where people will start exploring the web culturally like just like look at what what we did in yeah no 1993 exactly i think that uh the internet is just too young 
or has been up to this point for people to care about yeah. looking for you know interesting examples from our past. Yeah, <laughs> 20, <laughs> twenty years is nothing. No, well, it is obviously in the you know in the internet land. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, like in in that time, I mean, I guess it's just so, I, I find maybe it's just a factor of age as you go on, and then you start to compare everything to you know oh wow I can't believe that movie came out. 25 years ago or what was it I think it was I don't know if it was like 30th anniversary of like Ferris Bueller something was like 30 years like a week or so ago Ferris Bueller I thought was 86 but whatever it would be uh, around there it's just crazy and like the the fact that they're just getting around to like a second Top Gun and it's like past the 30 year mark and you're just like second Top Gun Top Gun 2 man really with Tom Cruise obviously with Tom Cruise that's yeah. not obvious. And Iceman. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Is Val's in it too? Val's in it for sure. So it's Top Man or Top Man. It's Top Gun 2, not a reboot? No, it's like, yeah, it's like them. Or remake? Yeah, I mean, there's no idea what it's about, but I, I can't imagine that they're still the like fighter pilots defending America yep. in 30 years later. I imagine like he takes on the Tom Skerritt role mm. and. Um, Val Kilmer takes on the like what was the bald guy? <laughs> like the yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they were just training people, so I imagine that's the thing. They'll be training like a Hemsworth and wasn't it? Was am, am I crazy or was it Lou Gossett Jr. Was he in it? No, that was the other. That was a whole different franchise. What franchise was that? <sighs> also, spoiler alert <laughs> slash prediction: that movie's gonna suck. That's, well, not, that's, that's a bold prediction. Yeah, it's not going to be good. That's like, you just did a brutalist movie review <laughs> to a movie that hasn't even been written yet. Yeah, but, you know, educated guess. Uh, Tom Cruise needs to stop doing action movies. He, I think he's having a cruise assance. He's not like, having a cruise like, Have like you the seen the Mummy reviews? Of The Mummy? Uh, yeah, the mummy reviews of the mummy. <laughs> it's still at like f- almost five hundred million dollars worldwide. I'm not. The, I'm not a cruise apologist. I, how did, That's how what did this like happen? Right <laughs> how did this happen, Nick? We, we the, in the absence of Mark and Scott, we devolved into talking about movies yeah, instead we, of we, uh, brutalist web design, which we, is hilarious. <laughs> We've got no one to keep us on track. <laughs> well, Mark would have probably defended it, so that's what what I think. Um, what brutalist web design? Yeah, I don't think really. Yeah, I mean, but it's he, so ugly. Yeah, but it, it's it's like purposely ugly to like get your point across easily. Oh. Uh, the other franchise was Iron Eagle. Oh, Iron Eagle! Remember? <laughs> hey, those those were terrible. <laughs> those are terrible. But they did more of them, right? There was like multiple Iron Eagle movies, and only one Top Gun until sometime soon, probably for the fortieth anniversary, we'll be seeing Tom Cruise. He's such a good runner. How can you? How can you fault Tom Cruise for anything? He should just... I mean, he's he's amongst, a, a I think, a cadre of older Great actors that worries. should stop being in action movies. There's, isn't there a younger generation of action stars? I think there is, yeah, but they don't run as well as Tom Cruise. They friends. run better. They definitely <laughs> run better. <laughs> just look up Tom Cruise running, and there's an 18-minute clip of just him running in all of his movies, and it's amazing. I feel the need... The need for speed. Ow! He runs a lot. Yeah. I agree. And he's really good at it. Yeah, but now he's like... 50-something? Yeah, 50-something Scientologist 
Not it doesn't matter, but he's a Scientologist. But <laughs> Had to bring that up. Yeah. Didn't you? Now they're now they're going to be coming knocking down version controls uh, door. You know who started all this? Who started this business? I think Liam Neeson. Neeson. He didn't start it, but Taken was Taken. all of a sudden like, wow, this old man's just kicking ass, and that became a trend. He has a very set of a very very special set of skills, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> they all do. Yes. Those are big franchises, and wasn't it made into a TV show? Yeah, it's a TV show. Filmed in Toronto. But enough distracting us from brutalism. What are your thoughts in general? My (laughs) thoughts in general are, I mean, let's take the example that kind of triggered us internally um, was the, the launch of the new IMAX. Um, and when you, they did the keynote, you went onto the website as they always do, and they have the website all ready to go. And first, you know, thousand pixels of the thing, you've got the beautiful shot, you've got the typical Apple kind of headline, sub-headline stuff. As you scroll down and see the features, it's in this garish, giant, Steve Jobs rolling over in his grave um, type font that you, you... don't come to expect from Apple. Just not. I, I'm not saying it's sloppy. I'm not saying it's not the right thing to do. But it, if you're looking at it, you're like, I don't understand how they've gone from where they've been to just kind of hitting you over the head with giant fonts and kind of a simplistic design versus something more elegant and beautiful. Because they do seem to be about the design over everything. So it seems counterintuitive to me to for them to pick up on a trend. Um, and, and run with it. Uh, my only thing that I thought of with that is that I completely agree with you, but like everything Apple's ever done, I hate it at first until I can't live without it. Yes. So whoever is making the decisions there now, <laughs> in, terms, in, terms of <laughs> in terms of what the, you know, the font use or things like that, um, they're probably more ahead of the game than I am. And we'll we'll all be doing it soon enough. Yeah, and you'll look at it soon. You'll look at it and think, how could I have ever hated that? I do like this kind of like uh, universal theory of uh, design as brought to you by Apple. That like sooner or later they're going to do something and make us like want it for the rest of our lives. Even though like when when they first launched things like the iPad, you were like, ha, 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 what? That's cr- I need one. <laughs> So uh, with, with Apple fully invested in it, I mean, what's interesting to me about this discussion and, and whether Apple leads the curve, I mean, they were, they kind of, when they first launched the the iPhones, they had those like, you know, skeuomorphic like 3D type icons and stuff. And then they've, you know, ditched those and gone into the the more flat design as they've gone forward. So they do adapt with the times. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just another case of like, this is pretty trendy now. And in 12 months, they'll be on to something else. I don't think the average person really cares mm-hmm. about the, the nuances of their web design. They'll, they'll know what they like and what they don't like. I, I just wonder if the brutalist kind of web design period will be much like the architectural legacies. For me, at least, when I look at a building that's considered brutalist, I know what it is. Yeah. And I'm looking right now at examples of brutalist websites. Yeah. And it's a little ill-defined. I mean, like, a lot of them... Are you on the... uh, the Brutalistwebsites.com. .com, .com. yeah. There's a whole website devoted to tracking 
yeah. um, these 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 websites. So some of them are actually just bad. Some of them, you are know, in the sense that I was already talking about, purposely of, bad. You think? I don't know. Or del- or or that's part of the. Yeah, they're just not great. They're just yeah. sparse and kind of crappy. And yeah. then some. And some would argue that that's function, like that that uh, the sparseness and the like grotesqueness of the brutal design is designed to get you what you need when you need it as quickly as possible, and there's no... Yeah, but did the creator set out to make a brutalist website, or did they just do a, a very... Just a, a, a poor yeah. website. Yeah. I, think that's a great, I think that's a great question to, to think about it, because there's, there's, not, there's not a rule book, it seems... Because like some people say that there shouldn't be any imagery, mm-hmm. some say imagery is fine. Yeah, um, I mean some of these don't look. I mean, some of them don't look bad at all. No, they look pretty good. They some just look, look like, like you've gone back in time and it is 1996 all over again. Yeah, and those are the ones that are really terrible. And then some of them are just like a, a like a graphic. Yeah, that's just sparse. Yeah, I wouldn't call that brutalist at all. No, and also, the one I I really like the best is like, uh, it's almost like this like DOS thing happening. Yeah, like it looks like it's from War Games. Yeah, can we play a game? <laughs> yeah. So with that one, what a great movie! That is a great. Have movie. Have we talked about War Games on this podcast? Not before? enough. <laughs> God, that's a great movie. Shall we play a game? Love to. How about global thermo? Nuclear war. Wouldn't you prefer a good game, Marshes? So, Nick, you have your favorite brutalist one. This yeah. isn't your digital pick. This is your brutalist pick of the week. This is my brutalist pick of the week, and it came from brutalistwebsites.com. So, I know that it is classified as one because it's tough to know sometimes, but it's called Pile of Bones. It looks very DOS, very war games. Like Pileofbones.ca. Pileofbones.ca. And it's for an underground film festival. And it's right up your alley. Honestly think that I like everything about this right now. <laughs> Even though I don't know anything about this film festival. I don't know what it's screening, so I hope it's not like snuff films or something like that. But <laughs> but It's uh, overlooked films, I think. Overlooked? Yeah. Tired of seeing great films overlooked, the festival was started as a way of showcasing offbeat productions that don't get the exposure they deserved. Is, it, is this like the greatest film festival that's ever existed? This sounds amazing. Any Canadian short film that is creative, original, and unsung can be entered. Oh, I'm going to enter a couple? Yeah. I, this has been a, a... But it is just black screen with like... DOS green lettering, nothing's happening. It kind of looks like uh, with the, what was he called? The controller, maybe, in the Matrix, what he's looking at all day long. You know, yes. he's just like looking at code and it's just black and green. Yes. Kind of looks like that. It also gives you a charming welcome to the World Wide Web message on the, on the homepage, which is, which is so ridiculous, it's, it's charming. Maybe, is, is this the site that brings us all around to, to brutalism? And it has those, like, graphics made out of... Yes. Like, like a little picture made out of uh, yeah. sticks and lines. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of, you know what's like really... <laughs> speaking of. Uh, another... <laughs> <laughs> hour, hour three of version control yeah. and brutalism design. Well, it just occurred to me that, like, the classic uh, never... 
evolving website is Craigslist. You yes, know, it's it's definitely in the brutalist camp. It is, yeah. and definitely not intentional. No. Well, I mean, that's just it. It's been up so long and never changed. That's the thing. So it's it really works. just out of laziness. So appreciating it for its design is not really, you know. <laughs> but it's it's become a classic. It is a classic. Is what they're saying now, right? I guess. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just. It's. I. I think. It's not for me. <laughs> and in conclusion, <laughs> <laughs> not for Jackson. I mean, there's. There's just some that are just deliberately bad, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's like like people's portfolios, like danielgibbons.com. Sorry, Daniel. I'm, I'm not calling you out. I, if you go to danielgibbons.com, it really just is big fonts and links to his his work. I mean, it's genius in that... It's kind of getting the job done. Yeah, and then you roll over it and there's colors. You know what? That's actually, I kind of really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. It's ridiculously amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually But why fantastic. does the font have to be so big? So you can see it really well. His projects do seem kind of amazing. Like, whoa. Website and logo for an urban arborist in Philly. Oh, this is the best website I've ever seen in my life. Coming soon site for a Serbian agency. What is this guy's name again? It is danielgivens.com. How do I hire him? I think there's a contact. contact. <laughs> uh, there's a guest book. There's a charming guest book. You can sign the guest book. Wow. Yeah, you can sign this guest book. Um, you know what? And I have to say, okay, in actual conclusion, in the time that we've been talking about this. You've, you're all on board. I'm, I've come around completely. That's what this was designed to do. In the absence of Mark to like carry the flag, you've you've had you've gone on a you're like a, a beautiful butterfly now. Was was I socially manipulated? Did you know that this would happen? No, I didn't actually. I thought you would just hate it just for the sake of hating it. No, well, I, well, I did at first, and yeah. I was vocal about it. But now yeah. I'm all about it. Well, I'll, you just needed to like uh, explore more, and I needed something to appeal to my nostalgia. That's what you needed. And I think it might have been sign the guest book. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's pretty charming. I, I finally did it. Oh, the, 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 the two takeaways I would say is like, if you start saying to people, welcome to the World Wide Web is so friendly, and then sign our guest book, not like sign up for a newsletter, not, you know, t- tweet me, mm-hmm. like just, just give me a little, tell me who you are, share and your life with totally, me. Totally, totally. And actually just the web. I'm just going to start calling it the web again. That's kind of charming. It is kind of charming. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, yeah, I remember when people say I remember when my grandma would say that. <laughs> my dad. My dad might still say it. The web? Yeah. I'm going to go on the web now, son. Surfing the web. <laughs> Surfing it. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a wild ride when you say it that way. Well, if, I mean, I, so I guess brutalism's winning over our hearts. And our minds. Sign the guest book. <laughs> Nick, it's time. Are you ready? It's your favorite part. What is it? Digital picks, man. Digital picks. Digital picks. <laughs> it's not the same with only two of us here, but that means less picks and they have to be gold. Oh, no. So the pressure. It is a lot of pressure, thanks to, to Scott and uh, Mark for not being around today. 
That'll be like it'll be like weeks before they've gotten a taste of of the 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 podcast studio. Yeah, it's like it's tough to uh, to you know live the glory of the studio and then try to live in the absence of it. A hundred percent. You go through serious withdrawal. <laughs> yes, I don't necessarily have like a single. This is a link to go to for anyone today. But while we're talking here, the Can Festival has been going on, the, the advertising um, spectacle. But yes, they hand out golden lions to each other. It's amazing. It's been going on for many, many years. Fantastic. Decades, I think, like since the 50s. Well, so uh, what are we uh, talking about? Then? Well, I wanted to, I plumbed five little bite sized things about the Can Festival that I think. Um, have have amused me, depressed me, uh, intrigued me, um, and inspired me. Ooh, Ooh. Wow. that's <laughs> setting up quite the uh, extra- <laughs> extravagant uh, platform. There. I think I oversold it. <laughs> Basically, I, I was surfing a bunch of things. There was a great Digiday kind of like wrap up of what had happened to date, and I just liked that somewhere along the lines. Um, they referred to this part of the Cannes Festival as a giant rosé-fueled networking orgy. <laughs> Which sounds both awesome and terrible all at the same time. Yeah, it sounds disgusting. Like, I just think, I, I've never been. I, I don't have any desire to go. Really? Um, you don't want the uh, rosé-filled or- orgy? Well, I mean that, but I, I don't want to go and have to deal with seeing a bunch of advertising people. Fair, but I... I, I <laughs> but fair, fair, moving on. <laughs> I just can't get over this rosé orgy. Yeah, I don't know if there actually is, but... Um, I, f- I picture all the, like, marketing and ad execs just, like, in a pit and attendants going around and pouring rosé on them. I think that's exactly what it's like. Wow. Yeah, I think that's like... But there's so much more to it than that, Nick. Um, <laughs> more than that? Yeah, so... There's a couple of other things that I think are amazing. One, it's brands have big parties there. Okay. Of course. Here's a tidbit that I wasn't expecting. Snapchat had a huge party and then banned people from taking photos. What about snaps? No snaps. <laughs> no snaps. <laughs> okay. Doesn't that seem weird? It does seem weird. Which and I stupid. Th- it seems dumb. It seems like it just seems like they're they're not doing themselves any favors. Instagram, on the other hand, did a really cool um, sort of like art gallery inst- installation where you could like walk around and it was like kind of like the frame around the, the picture and then these beautiful things that you could like kind of like stand in front and take your selfie in front of. And it was like a whole museum of like really cool. St- it just looked rad. It was like an Instagram um, art gallery. Like, that you could take pictures of. It was like interactive and you could do all this stuff. Why just are, looked great. Why are either of them throwing parties? To attract investors or advertisers? Because like so the advertising people go, all the brands go to um, celebrate and get their awards. Yeah, but yeah, and I then mean, you go to these parties and you're just like, oh yeah, cool. Instagram party. We're gonna remember that when we're doing that next uh, planning and buying sesh. Well, that was sort of my point. I mean, I I know I'm typically cynical, but I was you? like, yeah, I was like, you, you think that these? <sighs> Thank God, we've we've got there. The, these advertisers are like, oh, Instagram. I forgot about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you didn't throw this party, 
it is kind of like a quaint, uh, like from a bygone era that like, you're just like, Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of like the whole, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. I take you out for a steak dinner. You're going to do more business with me kind of stuff. Like we go to cans together and go to the Instagram party and drink eight gallons of rosé. We're, we're friends for life. Totally. So I figured Until that, I hire that next agency. So probably, you know, this is what I picture. Instagram was like sitting back on their heels, watching to see if Snapchat was going to throw a party. <laughs> and then when they found out they did, they're like, well, you know what? We're all in then. We're throwing an even bigger and better party. Yeah. <laughs> or not. I mean, that's ridiculous. I, I definitely think they, they were probably like, this is what Snapchat's idea was, and they completely ripped it off and made it better. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so those are two things. What, the other thing is like some of these awards. So uh, there was an ad created inside of a Mad Men episode when Don Draper pitches Heinz ketchup. And Heinz doesn't go for the ad, but an agency who works for Heinz today m- recreates those ads... And it won, I think, like 18 can lions. At least three, but a lot of awards for an ad that was... It's, it's almost the, the Donald Trump of ads. <laughs> if you explain that statement. <laughs> well, more just... It like, small it's hands? A, it's like a, well, it's small hands and it's like fake ads. Like, ah, fake ads. Fake ads. Like it was made for a TV show. That so, made in real life, and then won an award today for doing something that was pitched in a TV show set in the '60s that didn't really happen. Interesting. So in the fake era, yeah, anything that's fake is a win. I guess. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just think it's fascinating that like something that was made for a TV show like a couple of years ago just won an award for just basically replicating something that had been done for an episode of TV. And that's not just, they're beautiful ads because it's just um, like the food picture and a great headline. There's no ketchup anywhere and that's like, don't forget the Heinz or whatever it is. Interesting. It's it's just like the food is so mouthwatering that you obviously need Heinz on it. Opens up a whole other dialogue of, do you really want that? Maybe sriracha, maybe something else. Maybe like a chipotle mayo. I don't know. <laughs> so cool, but maybe not effective. Yeah. yeah. But that, I mean, it just kind of sums up advertising that like, that's what people did. And then lastly, and this one's purely for you, some brand, speaking of parties, for 100 people got an amazing musical guest to play just for the hundred people on the yacht in the uh, Riviera. Can you imagine who that is? Sting. That would be amazing. Next guess. Uh, Drake. No, go A-N. I imagine it'd be someone that's kind of bad. Warmer. So it'd be like Kid Rock or something. That he, He makes this person seem... Like the difference between Kid Rock being amazing and this person is is a wide gulf, I would say. It's a single person. Yeah. Are you ready? Is it Shaggy? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> T Pain. T Pain is playing. I mean, good for him. He's playing a yacht for a hundred people. God knows what you get paid for that at this point in T Pain's career. But like, 
who's clamoring to be like, I got to get on that yacht for this party to see T-Pain playing for just 100 people? Honestly, <laughs> the people that are trying to go there don't even care about who's playing. <laughs> they just want the prestige of being on the yacht. It's like that amazing... Is it prestigious if T-Pain's on the yacht? Yeah, it's like that amazing uh, festival that I forget what it was called, but everything oh. was a disaster. The Fire Festival. The Fire Festival. Yeah, I feel like we could have done a whole podcast about that because yeah. it was amazing. It was fun to follow, that's for sure. Yes. But I mean, the headliners on that were like Blink-182. Yes. And uh, whomever... Great, great band. Whomever it was that actually put it on, I forget right now. Uh... Some guy that nobody cares about anymore. <laughs> well, he could he could garner the cachet to do an island getaway festival that to- went as a total disaster. Exactly, but it was it was the you know the prestige. It was the the, the prestige because no one wanted to go to see like Blink One Eighty Two and Jaw Rule. It was Jaw Rule. No one cares about Jaw Rule. Really? I mean, he seems higher profile than T Pain. <laughs> <laughs> no way. He's actually like, he was like early 2000s. T-Pain was at least late 2000s. Good, that's, a, that's a good point. So those are my five takeaways from the six days and counting that they've been in Cannes uh, celebrating advertising. Good stories. Instagram versus Snapchat. That's a theme we've been down the road many, like probably 10 episodes of this podcast we've done. Totally. Snap Instagram. That's oh, a constant battle. So Yeah. It's like Russia, Russia, America, circa 86. Yeah. Uh, it is like. It's the Rocky. height of the Cold War. Yeah. It is, is Rocky um, 3. Rocky 3? No, Rocky 4. Yeah. The basically. One, the one with. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was my pick, Nick. Regale mm-hmm. us with something less long-winded than that. Sure. I will keep it short and sweet. Surprise announcement from Google. <laughs> Hot take Hot coming take. up. <laughs> it will stop scanning the inbox of Gmail's free users for ad personalization at some point later this year. It's nice of them. It is nice of them, but more to the point is that I didn't know that that happened in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how are they supposed to serve up the right ads for you? I didn't ask for that. (laughs) You may not have asked, but I'm sure it's in the terms and conditions. That's the thing. At some point, I definitely agreed to it. (laughs) I also didn't spend much time considering uh, how or why Gmail was free. It's just something that was gifted to me. There's not anything in free in this in this life, Nick. No, I, I hate to be the the breaker of that. Yep. So, I life guess lesson. The, uh, but it's not like humans are combing over them and being like, "Ha Nick needs this in his life," and like serves up an ad for you. The, the bot does it. It's, is, is that really invasive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you sending through your Gmail? That's what I want to know. That's the bigger question. Absolutely nothing. But that's not the point. Yeah. You know, you can pay for it. It's like $5 a month. No. But, I mean, the thing is, the actual point is, <laughs> you're right. No, Google. I will not give you any money, including you're, the $50 a year. You're right. There's there's nothing in... $50 a year? What do you... I, no, there's, there's nothing in my Gmail that is incriminating, is the word that I would No ties. About. No ties with Russia there's, or shady uh, land deals? No. And <laughs> it's, it's just the revelation that it was happening, that I'm just like, oh, well, okay, that, great. 
Uh, you got to read those uh, terms and conditions. No one reads those. They're impossible. To, they, they're not even readable, I don't think. No, they're deliberately not readable. But that's why uh, they do that. They make them so laborious mm-hmm. that they can slip those things in, and, and no one really is the wiser. So that's my pick. I mean, it's not a super fun pick. It's just, it's, it's really just. Let's all laugh at Nick for how stupid he is. That, <laughs> or naive, a naive about the world. Yeah. That I didn't know that Gmail was scanning my content, my my did, email content. Did they ever serve up ads that you were like, "That's interesting," like you were like asking about planning a trip, doing something, and they're like, "Flights to whatever are like this." Like, yeah, was but that was any, you the, just thought that was just magical. That was based on uh, your web surfing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, searches. But that's fine. I knew it was happening. Right. This you. This you is this know. is private. Right. It's it's between you, Google, and whoever you sent it to. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, like, who am I ever emailing where I might be like, hey, I was thinking about buying this, maybe. Yeah. In an email. Uh, And then I get a targeted ad about it. I feel like your emails to me are like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think it's charming that that you had a little revelation. Yeah. I just have to rethink everything right now. What would you the world like, and the internet? What would you perf- what would you pay if you were if someone said t- t- today there was like a new email thing? It was like X dollars. They won't look at your emails. Would what would you pay for that service? Honestly, oh, no. I want you to lie to me. No, no. Honestly, I mean, yeah. like I, I don't need to pay for it because now I know, and you're fine with, and that. I'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have anything to hide. Yeah. I just I just hadn't thought about it before. Yeah. So and also <laughs> Gmail's apparently not doing it going forward. So <laughs> so you're you're in the clear starting uh 2018. So even better. Yeah. I think that's a that, that I think that's a charming pick and in in insightful to to others. Possibly? Yeah. If anyone else wants their day ruined. <laughs> How do they know? They'll cut to cut to the Trump administration. If only we hadn't used Gmail, they knew what we were doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazing. I think those are good. All right. Signing off on episode twenty-five. Twenty-five. Now for Jackson's final thoughts. Trends. Am I right? Nothing beats keeping up with the Joneses when it comes to design, especially on the web. We've all seen it. Remember the early web antiquity, or maybe the Cretaceous period of the 1990s, where lack of high-speed internet meant text-based and basic web design? By the mid-90s, five short years, we'd learn how to add these amazing things called hit counters and GIFs. Yes, we say GIFs at Pound of Grain, not GIFs. Sometimes they were dancing. It was pretty awesome back in the heyday of the web. A rare surviving site from this period lives on today. Thank you, Space Jam. Still kicking. Side note, is there a job where you could become the Indiana Jones of web archaeology? That would be cool. I'd say things like, fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Then we got Flash. It took the crazy 90s and just went all in. More crazy, more neon, more 3D. It was like a whole new world. 
only to be killed by search engine optimization and Apple years later. And with the advent of CSS and the dot-com boom, we got the whole Web 2.0 thing. That begat increasingly well-crafted use of iconography, typography, and the power of useful content. We moved through skeuomorphism and have all been enjoying a really nice little minimalist period here called flat design. So much so that it's hard to imagine going on Yahoo circa 1998 and predict that the internet thing could actually make it. Of course, we all know it did. So is this simple, brutish, and oversized font-driven world the brutalist design just one more trend? Given that mainstream news, like the Washington Post, was covering this back in 2016, and Apple's recent adoption of it for their product pages, this is probably less like your parents joining Facebook and more about something bigger. Some argue that something is impact on conversion rates and site speed, but you don't find much concrete data on that yet. It feels like it could be a hotspot in a long, underground cold war between user experience and creative. But if usability is behind this, like say Ares in Wonder Woman, you might expect easier to navigate experiences, not sure we're there yet. The point is trends come and trends go. The last thing you want is to have your acid wash jeans website up after that trend has left the limelight. In a world where the average website life expectancy is less than three years, making something well that is timeless and won't date is just good business.